This is this is the Pope's remote, His Holiness uh, Infrared Four. Wow. <laughs> uh. Yeah, if you see HH somewhere, that means His Holiness, and it means the person is a secret Catholic. God. Yeah, yeah, so that's why, like, you name it, Frog Fractions, and then Glittermitten Grove. And yeah, the next oh, one the next HH. one has to be HH, yeah, HH77. <laughs> yep, mm. yep. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 277 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games here in sunny San Francisco. That we've been recording for nine seconds. It has not been sunny in San Francisco for months. This is the rainiest year in recorded history in this moist hole of a city. Are we in a drought or are we not? Make up your mind, California. We're not anymore. We were, but we're not anymore. You got to make up for lost time. In the last week or something. We've... Came out of drought conditions for most of the state over the past couple of months. Okay. Do we know what defines that? Uh, Rainfall? Lack there of is water? Some, there is some kind of definition. I'm just wondering, like, is it just that, like, meteorologists met, they convened and agreed they're out of a drought, or is there a number? There's there's a website that I, I check. They it's vote like a government, on it? Government yeah. data, and it shows and maps. If you're out of the drought, you see Every white week. smoke. Am I drought or not? Dot com. It's a... <laughs> But don't typo it to get amidrowornot.com because then you just get a bunch of deviant art portraits of with static HTML saying yes. Naked people with ebon with mm-hmm. ebon pecs. Is a pagoda still a drought? <laughs> Am I bios or not? Gentlemen. What is my drought.com? Uh ha- hamsterdrought.com. <laughs> This monitor keeps showing us pictures of us, and I really need it to be off because I keep worrying that we're live streaming this on Twitch. I checked. We're not. But it, Well, where did you check? I checked on my phone. What if we're logged into a secret Twitch that no one we, knows about? It's a, it's a shadow Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally plausible. The, the under Twitch. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I got a bad case of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They wouldn't yeah. let me get a marriage license because I tested positive for the under Twitch. <laughs> Ooh, sounds bad. Um, how you been, guys? Pretty good. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. I ate some more soup. Yeah, did you make another, did you make a super taster? Yeah, we actually shot this like a month ago, and I finally got around to editing this episode. I don't, I no longer wonder why it takes you so long to edit these, now that I see how edited they are. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the actual editing process takes, I can do like an episode in like four hours, but... It's it a lot takes of creative juice to use up. It, it's just like I've been doing other stuff. Do do you shoot with multiple cameras? Uh, the first time, the first set of episodes was uh, one camera, and we just moved it around. That sucks. It sucked because you, you like, can't get scenes. anything like a normal conversation. Well, that way. we just did it. We, I edited it. You just ate like using four only bowls the audio, and whatever video we got was what we got. Hmm. And you could tell by like looking at those videos. Like sometimes Ben is going on a you know a soliloquy, and you just see my reaction to it. And like because I cut out like the the lulls or the unnecessary parts. Why would you cut out the lulls? <laughs> it's nobody <laughs> wants lulls. Can you explain to us what the lulls are? The what? The lulls. <laughs> It's, it's, the, the kids these days, they're talking about the lolts. Yeah, it's, no, it's, all, it's, the, it's all about the lolts. Those are the boring parts of the video you just shot. I so see. you cut them out. And like, it didn't really bother me because that's kind of the YouTube house style is like editing 
like together multiple shots from the same angle of the same subject. So it's kind of you see the the break between uh, like just temporal breaks without the the cut to a different angle. Um, uh, that's just because like the kids are doing it right. That's because it's lazy and sloppy though. Well, exactly. Like, okay. but but because that's what everybody on YouTube does, you then gotta, it's okay. If we were suit. uploading these to it's Vimeo, a, okay, then I would listen. feel bad about it. I don't it's, think that in this day and age, in the in the days of late PewDiePie, we can say that what everyone does on die? YouTube is okay <laughs> to do. Yeah, the late PewDiePie, he'll he'll, he'll be reborn as PewDie two w- or woke something. PewDiePie. Whatever whatever <laughs> the evolution. Cake. Yeah. Um, and the, the most recent batch of episodes we did, we uh, borrowed some cameras. We did a three-camera shoot. Uh, a lot more fun to edit. A lot more work to edit. Um, a lot more work to, like, to get, like, apparently it's a big deal um, if your cameras don't have the same, all the same, like, white balance. It will look weird. It looks like, and, and I did my best in post to fix it, but it still looks weird. There's, a whole, there's like, a whole profession in right the, the yeah the, music the, the industry music and film that's industry, what they call industry. dp in porn is that right <laughs> uh, <laughs> well no, no actually i was thinking just the color the color timer okay wait that color timer is someone's job yeah wow like color timing is like mm. just that's a whole part of post-production it's like yeah. just, it's like the fluffer right i thought you were talking about the dp no okay <laughs> the, they just set the lights up they and they really? record yeah oh they, they'd set the lights up because like the director of photography doesn't run the camera because there's a cameraman for that. Mm. And they don't decide where the camera goes because that's what the director does. Mm. They are basically there to make sure that the scene is well lit. Mm. Why don't Who they handles call it the that? cinematograph? <laughs> what is a cinematograph? Isn't that just what a movie is called in technical terms? I, I don't know. It's the, it's the place where the cinema is written down. What does the key grip do on a porn set? Uh, there was a song about this sung by Biff Tannen. Uh, he sets up lights. Okay. Uh, Biff Tannen, Biff- like in character as Biff Tannen? Uh, yeah. No, this was the actor. The actor okay. who played Biff had a song. It, w- it wasn't just about this, but this was about questions that he has always asked. And one of them is, what does the key, key grip do? Yeah, they, like, basically the, the director of photography says, I want the lit this way. And then the key grip like puts the lights there. Okay. I just thought maybe it was like if you did grips. if you did enough kegels you would become key gripped. <laughs> okay. I think anybody who like holds anything once on set is a grip. What about a gaffer? That's Sam Gamgee's grandpa. <laughs> Kevin, you want to handle this one? <laughs> I forget Ga- what the gaffer does. Gaffers are in charge of cords, I think. Cords. Yeah, the gaffer just does a bunch of gaffs. Okay, so gaff tape is used by gaffers to yep. gaff. Cords. You you yep. found the most amazing device. The gaff gun. Yeah, it's like a little thing that you push, like, you know those toys that you have when you're a child where you roll the, it's like a little domed, uh, space colony with wheels on the side of it and a stick. And as you roll it along, uh, a thing in the middle of it pops up and down and makes little plastic balls rattle around oh, inside yeah. the dome. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. This is like that, except it, you, it, it trails along an extension cord and tapes it to the floor. Uh, yeah, you, very, roll it, very you roll it over the top of, a, of an extension cord and it just automatically like makes it nice and smooth and, and then tapes it to the floor. How useful. You. That's great. Right. How much, how much does, does one cost? It's a 277 bucks and each roll of tape is $30. Huh. Why can't you just use regular tape? Well, you have to use gaff tape. 
And is I think duct tape is already like 15, is there, 20 bucks a roll. Yeah, like that, that, which is what. Is there like DRM on the device to make sure you can't use scotch tape? I think tape? it uses some weird width of tape. Mm. Square extra rolls. Wide tape, which would explain why it's, why it is uh, more expensive. Mm. Yep. Uh, square rolls would totally be fine if the floor wasn't uh, was a si- Was a sine wave yeah. or a, square, like a sawtooth? Sawtooth. Yeah, sawtooth, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, what was I gonna? You looked like you were gonna say something. <laughs> no, I was. I was inhaling after. I could talk more about soup. Mm. I like eating it and talking about it. Soup, and it those are fun good. episodes to do. Like I really enjoy that. Like it's it's a it's a good break from like trying to port Frog Fractions two and being like stopped in ev- to Macintosh and being stopped at every every attempt. What's uh What's the problem now? Uh, right now I am um. I got sick of like building on, um, well, first of all, I was trying to get Unity working on the Mac I was borrowing from Ben and it's not working. And then I got sick of trying to get that working. And then I made a bunch of builds on my PC for Mac, for Mac and transferred them over and testing that each of those took forever. So then I was trying again to get Unity working on the Mac. And apparently that just doesn't happen. So Hmm. Unity works on my Mac. Yeah. Maybe I should borrow yours instead. Okay. It's right here. Yeah, is this one right here? Yeah. That I'm pointing at? Mm-hmm. Um, then what would we use to ask questions? That's a great question. You can't really borrow my computer, Jim. Okay. I mean, you could borrow it for a little while if you wanted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, we, did a, we did a room escape. We did. Yesterday. Last night. Very late. Yeah. It was a, it was a late night. Uh, scary room, room escape. It really wasn't scary. I was expecting it There's to be scary. It was soundtrack. Resident Evil themed, and oh, okay. it was like a it was a promotional Resident Evil game that was designed by our friend Laura Hall, uh, which is why we went and did it. I, I mean, I would have done it anyway because I'll, I'll I'll always do a I'll always do a room escape. But you sought it out. There's like there's like a good half dozen in in the town that we have not in this city that we have not done lately. Hmm. So. Uh, it was it was fine. It was a fine room escape. Um, okay. There were a lot of puzzles. Yeah, and a lot of we locks. solved a lot of them. We it was it was four of us that that knew each other more or less, and then two strangers, both which was Chris. They were both named Chris. Yeah. Oh, thank huh. God the screen just went off. Okay, uh, I can stop was, looking at us. It was handy because there was a point at which we were kind of hung up, and Amelia discovered that there was something hidden in a chimney, but didn't want to reach into the chimney. So she just asked one of the strangers if they would reach into the chimney, and they, and he did. Chris, Chris did. Good. Did did he lose a hand? Yeah, yeah. It was chopped off in a chainsaw scissors by an asshole. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> asshole who designed but the room escapes. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like we a, did. as opposed to being chopped off by chainsaw scissors by a nice guy. Yeah, by a nice guy. Yeah. Or just a designer who wanted to have provide the optimum room escape experience. What if you did a room escape where there was always at least one straggler on your team? And they were a confederate, and they didn't actually have a right hand. And oh, a ringer, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, and it got cut off as part of the escape. Right. This is like that guy in Arrested Development that they use to teach yeah, the right. kids lessons all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty spooky. Right. Although it'd be hard to sell that, right? Because you'd know. I mean, so if you're me, you always try to buy an entire block right. of tickets cuz you know you can, you know you got enough dork friends to field a team and you want to be there with people you know. But uh in every performance one of the tickets is already sold. Okay. People would get suspicious, but you yeah. 
Yeah. But, you know, maybe not. Well, in some performances, maybe three or four are sold. It, so it becomes more expensive to staff. True. Right? Unless you find somebody but who's it's just more willing to volunteer. It is more immersive, so you can charge more for it. And, like, hmm. you could also get it. They, they could also be take, keeping track of the room without yeah. you having to, like, have some sort of It'd be an interesting in hint system because that guy could see when you're having trouble and, oh, suddenly he has an idea. Right. Yeah. Do any of these have incentives like you pay more or less if you win? Sometimes you get a free shirt if you win. Yeah. Discount on an, on another room that they may have. Mm. They take a picture of you and put it on Facebook. That costs yeah. money. It's hard. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's like you it's get to free. be a celebrity for they, a minute. They pay people money to take photos. They give you a lucrative YouTube endorsement. <laughs> Uh, You're paying for the privilege of uh, being confounded by puzzles, right? So Yeah. Yep. So if you're not confounded, then really they should give you a refund. Yes. I guess that's true. Yeah, if you if you uh if you solve it, it should be free. And you should post how to solve it on the internet so that everyone can do it for free. <laughs> Cuz escape rooms want to be free. <laughs> they they want to escape. Free like beer. Mm-hmm. Uh free as in mattress. Uh. <laughs> I went to uh, uh, I went with Amelia to Palm Springs for uh, her birthday, and which is a town in California. Yeah, not a town in Florida, and not ha- not with the same name as a town in Florida. That's Palm Beach. Yeah, we I both just, went on this journey. Uh, I, and so, and I was explaining where you went to Melissa, and she was like in Florida, and I was like, nope. I also thought it was in Florida, but no. So you thought you were in Florida? No, I didn't go. Okay, I thought I was in Florida. Okay, yeah. But it was only because I accidentally went to Walmart. Right. And you felt like you were in a hurricane. So we went to a, a casino and I had, I knew about this from years past, but had forgotten about it. I, I went up to a craps table and I like stood there and started playing craps and about six or eight rolls in, I turned to the people next to me and I said, is there are there weird rules about this that I don't understand that make it different than normal? And he was like, no. And then the game continued where things would happen. Like the woman would roll an eight Mm -hmm. and the point was something else and she would win. And like a woman rolled a two and crapped out. And I did not understand what normally sevens and was, right? was going on. Like well, two that is always craps. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense. So, uh, I mean, the eight uh, had she like put a bet on the the eight in the middle of the table or no? Well, when you, no no that so it it basically was not making any sense. The things that were happening were not making any sense. And finally, I real like did, I, did you eat in your dinosaur. I day? had a bet on. I had a bet sitting on eight. She rolled an eight on the dice. The, the, uh, you know, a bunch of people around the table cheered and then the dealer paid some people and not me. And I said, uh, was that not an eight? And they said no and pointed to six cards that were laying on the craps table in slots next to the numbers one through six on die faces printed on the uh-huh. printed on the felt. So, apparently at Indian casinos you're not allowed to play dice games. So the way that they get around this is by shuffling the cards ace through 6. 
assigning them to the values one through six. And then every time you throw the dice, they translate between the results on the die faces to a different set of numbers from one to six to determine what the roll was. What the so so it is the exact same game, but with some just cumbersome bookkeeping that everyone has to do the entire time. Madness. That's amazing. And and that makes it no longer a dice game. (laughs) Somehow, how does that that make any fucking sense? Ridiculous rules lawyering action there. Wow. Really, at that point, you're just playing craps. So for a minute. And I was admittedly pretty drunk, but I was like, this doesn't like if the dice leave the table, like if somebody fucks up and and throws wrong and a die, it goes out of play. They they redeal the cards. (laughs) Right. So like every time every time a new a new roller comes out, like every time you, you know, are handed like five dice and you pick two, they read they redeal the cards that represent. And I was like. Doesn't that make the odds change? But it doesn't because each right. of the numbers still only corresponds to one of the like. But it that's it was real silly, stupid. It and I just it like just dissolved my desire to play craps because like yeah. the just having to do the additional work of like like because it was hard enough to like learn how to play craps in the first place and like suddenly like okay now you're playing craps except there's just this like hash table where you have to look up every die to see what number between one and six yeah, and the number between changing. one and six represents and it keeps changing and the, uh. the people reacting to this were like there wasn't like a perceptible delay like a three second pause and then everybody cheers there definitely was okay. it was yeah like definitely Definitely, like people had gotten used to it, but there was still the you would throw the dice, and then the the dealer would say, or the croupier would say, one and four, that's nine. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> and then people would react. That's awesome, kind of. Like, it is kind of awesome to go up to that situation and not know what's going on, and then being like, the whole world has gone crazy. <laughs> I like when I asked. And the people were like, no, what are you talking about? There's nothing weird about this. I'm like, they've probably been yeah. doing it for years. And so, and I was like, oh, oh, right. This just isn't a craps table. That's what's weird about this craps table <laughs> is that this isn't a craps table. And he was like, this is not weird for California. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> wow. Blackjack was the same. They, I but found, you had to play it with dice. Yeah, they, they have to roll a die to see what what well, so value what, what they card do. Is. What they do is, yeah, they deal out a deck of cards <laughs> onto a picture of a deck of cards <laughs> to let you know because you're not allowed to play card games, right? So each card has to represent something other than a card in order for it to be legal. Right? How how is rolling dice and then saying that it's a card thing? How does that? Because the dice are not determining what the payouts are. I don't know. I remember a few years ago walking up to a craps table at a at an Indian casino in in California and seeing that there were no dice on it. That when when it was time for the roll to happen, there was a man in the center of the table with decks of cards that he would shuffle and draw from 
that indicated the dice rolls. So like a person didn't so get to throw the dice. And I was like, okay, solution so that makes sense. Although it's, yeah, less that's, fun. that is now, that is now just a card game with similar rules to craps. Yeah. But the, yeah, this thing, yeah, man. well, no, you, when you play craps, you want to roll the dice. That's like right. that's yeah. part of the fun. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, so this, like, I would actually play this, I guess. Like, I was so mad at the confusion that it created in me and then just suddenly feeling like, oh, okay, right. Everybody else just, you know, I'm the dummy at this table. Um, let's leave. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, before, you know, when it was like, okay, instead of anyone rolling dice, we're just going to watch this fat dude flip some cards over and then we're going to cheer or not. I'm like, no, I, I don't want to. I don't want to play this. This is just like some other game that you're playing at a craps table shaped object. What, like, if people get to touch the dice, what prevents them from subbing them out with loaded dice? Cameras and Fists. the fact that there are yeah. three watchful dealers. Knee breakers, yeah. Four, four watchful dealers at a craps table. A craps table has four dealers. Aren't there, like, really good sleight of hand people oh, sure. out there? I mean, what's the, you know, there's I mean, a bank. What's to stop you from robbing it? <laughs> and the I dice, guess nothing if you're really that's skilled. Part of the but reason like, why the dice are switched out so frequently so that if something goes weird, the. It doesn't run for the whole day. Did well, you, that did and you, also because with the dice constantly being switched in and out, if something weird has happened, the dealers can quickly grab the dice and, and give them a proper inspection. And they also have to send them off to be sharpened occasionally. Yeah, yeah. They, they just throw them. Sharp. They just throw them away. Very well. They sell them in the gift shop. Very right. Yeah. I used to buy old, like used craps dice from casinos every time I went to Vegas, and I ended up with a pretty significant collection of them. But they're all kind of the same. They just have the name of a casino printed and, on the side with never, the one. They never sell like D twenties. Yeah, they're all just D, <laughs> they're all just really sharp edged D sixes. Right. Um, Riff, did you read that article about the uh, the Russians who? Oh, the slot casinos? machines. Yeah, that was yeah. really interesting. You should describe this. So the so uh, some casinos in Russia went out of business um, when, or like I think it was in Russia. No, 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 no. Uh, casinos somewhere went out of business, and some Russians bought old machines and they like analyzed them to figure out how their random number generators worked, and then developed at like basically apps that they could like record the screen the like the the spinning needles for a while and then figure out what state the the slot machine was in and then tell you when to press the button to increase your odds of getting a good payout right um and the fact that you, there is like this is possible to do within human reflexes yeah like that says to me they're doing something really dumb like Maybe the random number seed is like changes per second or something. And uh, it it could even be a millisecond. And still, like, if if you have a clue as to when to do it and you know what the sort of response time you like you just you tune it to the, the to a person's like yeah. response rate based yeah, on seeing a, a, a stimulus. And you can get, you know, pretty, pretty close. And yeah, all it has to do remember, is increase the odds because the odds are the already pretty decent. said mm. that the the thing actually gave you the instruction to push the button like a tenth of a second ahead of a time because that was because that's the normal human response time right yeah. uh, they'd have to have a um, latency adjuster like the rock band games right um, so and yeah so, to, so like, these people would just like get better make like ten thousand dollars net per person per day per you know in a casino and then there were a team of, like 20 of them and they would like 
go from casino to casino and then town to right. town. As far as I know, like, um, you're, that sort of thing is totally legal to do as long as you're not using a tool to do it. They're, so like, because if you were doing that, app. well, they were, yeah. Yeah. But like counting cards in your head is a lot, is like, is they'll kick you out. Yeah. Right. They'll kick you out. But it's not illegal. But I think actually yeah. using a tool is illegal. So if you could just if yeah, you, you could, could just run internalize the, run the random number generator in your head the RNG in your head yeah because yeah. <laughs> there was that there was that uh, win loser draw that was oh, it the pressure, one, the one with the whammies yeah. pressure oh, luck. yeah 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 well and that was like they just had a number of fixed patterns that yep. were easy to memorize. But that's well, the, I don't know if they were easy to memorize. Were, there was just a guy got good at memorizing. Yeah, them. but it wasn't like inhuman. It was it was like there were eight patterns or something like that. Yeah, and it's just kind of nobody else had noticed or taken the time awesome. before. Yeah, right. Like like spending the time. And this was back when like they would just record it on a VCR and watch it over and over and over yeah. again. It's awesome. I that that kind of story makes me happy. And I think you don't have to memorize the patterns, right? You just have to know particular times when it's going to be a particular thing, right? Because the board was the same every time, right? I I think well, I think that's what you had to memorize was it's like the people who memorize all the uh the card flip game uh, patterns in Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, was that a thing? Yeah, there were there were well because the it was the uh you would get the same board every uh like each time you'd go to that game in uh, in sequence, um, and there wasn't enough RAM on the NES to actually store a randomized layout, so they just there were a number of fixed layouts, and it would store which one it was. Huh. So that, like eight of them, something like that. Um, but yeah, the the guy only had to like remember like yeah, don't push the button um, when well, the whammies come up. But I think he actually was timing it to get the best payouts too. Right. So get winning vacations and stuff. I guess, yeah, he was choosing which things he wanted, maybe. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Do you think he got to go on all those vacations? I think he got away with it, yeah. I think they just I had to change the rules. If I went there, yeah. pulled that off and then well, didn't get And paid it's such for a it. good story. Like I bet the yeah. crowd wanted him to get away with it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just like how Ken Jennings learned how to cheat at Jeopardy. Right. <laughs> By being real smart. <laughs> yeah. Turns out if you just go in there knowing all of the facts about the questions that they're going to ask you, you can just answer all the questions. You get every single one of them right. Uh, Why has nobody tried that before? That engineer who bought, like, just a lot of pudding and <laughs> got, what, a mil- like a million frequent flyer miles or something? The, oh, and then they made that movie about him with Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was a, I forget what it was. There was a uh, a commercial for something like, I think it was like for Pepsi products where like you turn in your Pepsi points, you turn in like what, 700,000 Pepsi points and you get a, a Harrier jet. A Harrier yeah. jet, yeah. Did anybody actually do that? Well, someone tried to and they didn't give it to him because it was a joke because it was quote unquote, obviously a joke, you know? Um, hmm. And a- apparently like that's uh that's the actual like legal definition of um, whether something is false advertising is whether like a reasonable person would take it seriously. The definition of that kind of thing changes over time. Yeah, because of inflation, like Harrier jets cost more now. Yeah, well, so that's like if you don't know how much a jet costs, which I don't think most people do. Yeah, and you don't know how much a Pepsi point is worth. Like, why is that not? A reasonable yeah. exchange. Well, I, I, I think it's just because, like, someone would watch the commercial and say, oh, obviously they're not going to give me a fighter jet. 
Well, uh, but okay. if you actually do the math, it wasn't 700,000 points. It was like you could you can buy the points for like 10 cents each. Okay. And the, the, if you did the math, it actually worked out to like less than a million dollars or something like that. <laughs> That's a pretty good deal for a jet. Yeah, and exactly. And that was <laughs> why, you know, someone like I'm going to spend 700 – like I think he probably took out a bunch of loans – you got to pay to store it. You got to pay to put gas in it. You got to buy the hay. You got to wash it. Yeah. Got to take it for rides. Doesn't flying a, a fighter jet, isn't that enough to wash it? I guess like, you could fly it through, fly it through water. Rain cloud. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's, a, it's not like amphibious. I thought that was the thing with Harrier jets is that they were VTOL and amphibious. You're thinking, you're think, I think you're thinking of uh, scalier jets. What, what's the one? The Harrier jets. What's the uh, kind mammal. that's a jet, but then parts of it fold up and it turns into a tank, and then if you fold it up a different way, it's a, like a big <laughs> a robot? Space <laughs> robot. They're called GoBots. Okay. Ugh, bye. Did you ever have one of those? Did you ever have the, the three the three way transformers? I had one that yeah. was a fighter plane and a tank and a, and a shitty robot. I still Wasn't have that one, one around here somewhere. Space shuttle. Yeah, it was a space shuttle robot and a train. train. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was one. the mm-hmm. Autobot variation. L- less exciting than a tank and a fighter jet. Yeah. Autobots were kind of boring compared to the Decepticons. Well, that's just, that's fiction, right? The bad guys are always more interesting. Hmm. Except for Batman. He's kind of a bad guy. He bridges the, he bridges the divide there. <laughs> He's a bat guy. Yeah. The auto bat. Auto exec. Have we, not bat. have we all seen Lego Batman God, at this point? That comic that was just a bat sitting behind a desk <laughs> at a, at a car company with some sales, car sales charts on the way. It's just auto exec dot bat. Ah, oh, God. wow. <laughs> so, so good. Huh. That is good. I got to find that in the show notes. Yeah, that's no, really you funny. You really don't need to. It's you just described it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I want whoever I want whoever came up with it oh, and sure. drew it to to get credit for it. Yeah. Um, well, anybody else have any exciting stories that aren't video games? Is silence a story? Yes. It's a boring, shitty story. <laughs> you you've done nothing. In the past week, I did a roomscape with you. But but besides that, uh, no, you're the one that went away. I took care of your cat. Oh yeah, he was. He seemed alive when we got back. <laughs> Good. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank the you. Ruse for take, has worked. Thank you for taking care of the cat. Oh yeah, you really. You've just been weekend at Bernie'sing the cat the entire <laughs> yeah. time. I played. I played some board games on the weekend, but it wasn't anything new or exciting. I guess mm. that's not true. I got to play uh, the. The expansion to Betrayal at House on the Hill. Oh, how um, is that? Uh, it was, I mean, again, it is basically the same game. There's a new floor. Right, like the mm. Widow's Walk. The Widow's Walk. So it's like the, the, the attic the roof. roof. What does that do to the set of room tiles? Are there... There's a new landing. You can get to that landing from the upper landing. Uh, so it's connected. It's, it's sort of simply It's there from the way. beginning. It's there from the beginning. Okay. Uh, and then you can put any upper floor or ro- there are new roof floor t- tiles in there so there's some new rooms is widow's walk just another name for attic no it's like no it's exterior. a widow's walk is exterior okay it's like a like a rooftop balcony okay um we're widow's walk that makes sense i guess it's like you're just supposed to be like gazing out over the moors uh longing for your longing for your husband, husband. Yeah. okay oh i assumed it was because you'd always like you're you're you die and leave your wife a widow if you walk up there oh hmm hmm 
I guess if you go up there and you jumped off, you might make a widow. Right. I used a I used a widow's walk for making spider chow mein. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's 50 new scenarios. Um, did Did you need them? Because I mean, you haven't played all of the scenarios in the original one, right? Like, uh, probably not. Almost has anyone not. has anyone played? I've I've played 50 enough games? betrayal games that I have a couple of times run into the duplicates and had to uh, select a new one. Yeah. Uh, having 50 new ones is just nice because there's, yeah. there's new stuff. Are they like better designed in any meaningful way? I don't think so. The one that we did was interesting, but it didn't, it wasn't like awesome. Like the, you can't, those, those are never going to be good in a game design sense because the starting conditions are so wildly variable. Yeah. I mean, and like, I just, I want to make it clear. I fucking love playing this game. Oh, it's yeah. really, really fun to play. It's weird. Even though it's extremely not balanced. Yeah. It's just like, like, it's we way more like, like a, just a collab, like a collaborative, very low, like a lightweight pen and paper role playing yeah, game. Yeah. It's more like a haunted mansion ride. Than... We were thinking of some house rules. Like maybe when you unlock the library, everybody, everybody just gets just the sanity, gets the sanity. Yeah. And mm. you don't have to go there because that's just waste everybody's time. Yep. Oh, you, well, okay. So maybe maybe we you, that would be the house rule like pre-haunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Post-haunt, yeah, yeah. it actually matters what you do right. and when. Yes. Because th- at that point, you actually are playing a competitive game and there's like a point. But when you're just like exploring the house and setting up the board. Right. There's no yeah, disincentive that... to everyone just using all of their turns to get to the library. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. The, this so this the haunt that we did it's a it's like a slight spoilers uh had you throw away all the rest of the tiles and uh not like in the garbage but yeah. like put them oh, away it's a and legacy then, game. this is betrayal at house and a legacy yeah. Yeah. and then you take all the you take the house and you deconstruct the house that you just made and reconstruct it hmm. uh as part of play because uh, it was it was called the house of leaving the clockwork manor oh. yeah so it was it was kind of interesting Eh. And you were just trying to get out because it's a house of leaving. Yeah, you were actually just trying to get out. Uh, but the there was a an antagonist who was trying to make you stay. House of Leaves is about that uh, house where there aren't any tables. All there are is the things that are <laughs> yeah, used. It's, a, it's to actually about tables. Wider. It's about a play about a book about that. Okay. I borrowed it from Riff like fifteen years ago and never gave it back to him. <laughs> I still haven't read it. <laughs> I, I really, it's got those upside down parts. I don't. I really liked the most internal story of House of Leaves, and I, I ended up yeah. like, like a fourth of the way, third of the way through the book. I was like, I oh, fuck the rest of it. I didn't even read that stuff. Eventually, yeah, I kind of, I kind of need to do a new, a new read through of it, just ignoring the subtitles or sub, not subtitles, footnotes, because that was what bogged me down the first time. Yeah. When you read a book with footnotes, do you stop and read the footnotes normally, Riff? Yeah. Yeah, me too. It, it's a struggle not to. Yep. I will. I, I will hate sometimes it when get to the end of a like chapter. End of a chapter then, footnotes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when you have to flip back and forth and keep your thumb on that other page. Yeah. Because I like a book that does that. Either I'm constantly flipping back and forth to read them, or I'm not reading them at all because there's no way at the end of a chapter that I'm just gonna like flip backwards to see where the footnotes were referenced. Yeah. Hmm. If the footnotes provide enough context to like, oh yeah, that was that thing you talked about. But if it's just like this happened in like, uh, see 
so and so, nineteen eighty four. Cool. Thanks. Well, Kevin, have you played any video games? Uh, I have been continued to play Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. Uh, I I've finally I left Prague and uh, went to uh, another place in Prague. Huh. The mm. it's on the outskirts of Prague, called okay. Golem City. Uh, which is where they send all the, the augmented people that can't afford to sort of pay their way. Uh, it was cool. It's a huge, a huge additional new level. Like the level design is just really good. I went and like, I don't know. It's, it is a, it, the level design in this game is really satisfying in a way that I feel like is better than uh, human revolution. Um, Cause I feel like the engine is almost exactly the same in other respects. So I feel like they just got better at making content. Um, Did you have any cool moments? Looking at every single thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's your cool moment and everything is just doing every methodical thing. Yeah. Poking around in every crack and every, every crevice. I, I I got the achievement for returning the penguin to his colony, uh, which is like, Oh, that one's in super Mario 64 as well. Oh yeah. Sort of. Okay. What, where's their, does the penguin go into your inventory? No. You have to carry the fucking penguin around. I see. Oh, I thought oh, it would follow like the you garden around like an adorable in, puppy. In Half-Life. Yeah. There's also, there's a basketball. You have to carry it in Super Mario 64 There's a basketball well. and a basketball hoop somewhere in the game. That you have to, that's, I think that's one that they, they do every game. If you do a backflip, does the penguin imitate you by doing a backflip as well? You, I don't think you can do a backflip. Oh. Because that's a feature in Super if Mario 64. cut a guard's throat... <laughs> <laughs> Does the penguin imitate? Does you? the penguin cut a pigeon's throat? To- <laughs> uh, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out exactly how to get two guards to walk near each other so that I can do a multiple takedown and, and get extra experience. Is there a penguin that is near the colony that if you bring that one to them they yell at you because it's not the right penguin? No. Okay. When you when you put the penguin down in the like place where it's supposed to be up up. Not only do you get the achievement or whatever, but then like a little panel opens up and you get a free extra pra- praxis point. Nice. It's like, here, we're going to reward. Panel this opens you- up on the penguin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the praxis was in the penguin all along. Uh, no, on the, on the wall. Um, but apparently there's going to come some points in the future where I have to make uh, some binary choices and I'm not excited about having to do that. Like you've got to rescue the girl or the dog. Right or something, right? Like, and I'm like, uh, is it a girl dog? I don't think so. Yeah, that's. I think it's a. I think it's a girl og. Okay. <sighs> the real oggy doggy is that if you if you have your dog's heart replaced with a with a pacemaker, hmm. <laughs> that's how that works. If you just replace the heart with a pacemaker, <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah. Artificial. Dog heart? Do they have artificial hearts for other species? Besides dogs? Besides humans. (laughs) Could you, if they did, could you get like your human heart replaced with like two dog hearts? Could, or uh, a cow stomach could be replaced by four human stomachs. stomachs. (laughs) Kevin, you're in much higher spirits this week than in previous weeks that i can remember is that true you seem to be i i am i'm trying to get out of my hole yeah that's so, good yeah i was wondering if it was like was there another like 
a Trump P thing that made everybody happy that no. I didn't know about. No, I mean, I, I have been heartened by how much resistance there has continued to be. Sure. Um, so we'll, we'll see like what, what's weird to me is like, there was this groundswell of resistance against the Democrats in 2008 and nine mm-hmm. that I didn't really hear about at all. Yeah. Uh, which is effectively why the, how the tea party got a foothold and how the Democrats lost the, the like majority in the Congress. Right. right. And so are, are we just on the flip side and like now there's a, a huge swell of resistance on the liberal side and the, like the conservative sides aren't going to notice that this is happening. Like, I think everybody's a lot more politically aware right now that, that who like, yeah. Like, Do you only think sides? that because all your friends are liberals? Yeah. Uh, no, like the, the, I, I will deliberately, I will occasionally deliberately go to, you know, uh, someone else's filter bubble just to see what they're seeing. Um, and maybe like that sample point isn't really representative because, because it is just nothing but interracial porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it, it seems to me that everybody's a lot more aware right now. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting times, right? Like It, it is. It is. It is that. Oh, but like it, it's it's good to it's good to see you perky. I I also just have to like like I'm gonna be interacting with a bunch of people in the near oh, future yeah. demoing the game, so I've got to be in better spirits. Yep. Also, I started doing a uh, heroin. That's you gotta nice. write some fucking puzzles, man. <laughs> <laughs> put them on Twitter. It's the next step. Well, at least put them in the dictionary. Okay. We have to look. We look. Merriam-Webster is one of the. Yep. <laughs> You know, one of the biggest sources of the resistance. It's true. <laughs> you have to do your part to help them. You have to literally do like this would be like if you. Oh, sorry. I, I can't help you, Teen Vogue. I'm too depressed <laughs> about Trump. Yep. Marianne Webster and Teen Vogue. Riff. There are bright lights. Mm-hmm. Riff, what are your bright lights in your video game sky? Uh, well, um, what was uh, I? Had the had the name of it in my head just a minute ago. What was uh, Pokemon? Well, no, the, <laughs> a new thing. Well, not even actually new, but new to me. What was the one? What's that? Um, that horror sliding on ice puzzle game? Super Slay, Mario Slay Away Camp. Slay Away Camp. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that just came out for iOS. Yeah, it did. I've been playing it on my iPad. It's pretty good. It's it gets yeah, real I, tricky. I was, when I played that on the PC, I was like, "This is a phone game yeah. on my PC." Uh, and I'm betting that the reason they put it on PC first was that so they could charge $8 for it. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that is that is totally true. Yeah. How much easy. is it on the phone? It's like $4 or something, I think. Or no, it might be free and you buy level packs or something. I don't remember. No, when I, I haven't been asked to buy any level packs yet. So, did you Was get it, it free? free? I don't remember. I don't think I actually installed it. I think something happened to my phone. Oh, right. When I tried to install it, that was when my fucking Apple ID got locked out mm. again. And so I wasn't able to do anything with anything ever again. You said that you also like had to enter like your Steam password a lot, too. Not is that my Steam password. Say what? Not my Steam password. No, but because like, you were talking about how you didn't want to have a Steam authenticator because you didn't want to have to deal with it all the time, right? 
Is that not no, true? I don't want to ever use two-factor auth because that just means that there's now two things that you can lose that will make it so you don't have access to any of your shit. Your password and instead your of just one phone or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, hack all my shit, listeners. Don't hack all my shit, <laughs> listeners. Um, don't give them the stick. Hacking my shit. Hacking the shit, listeners. Um, that's a William Gibson <laughs> novella. Uh, if it were just the shit listeners, I'd say it was a Stephen King novella. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, that's, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing that's new. Jenny and I it's are very almost good. done with uh, Ham Ham, Ham, Heartbreak, Ham Heartbreak, and uh, I'm still playing Dark Souls 2 and Pokemons. What about you, Jim? Uh, I played a game called Kerflux. Uh, which is a game about adding functions together to get other functions. You are shown uh, like four functions on the screen. You can, and the top one is the goal, like a graph of functions. Like a graph. So it's it's presented a as a as a uh, as as just a. Well, it's presented in a few different ways, but effectively, it is like you can think of it as a function over time, like an yeah. audio like an audio signal. Um, but is it, are you shown a picture of it, or are you shown, shown y equals two x? You're shown, uh, you're shown a picture of it. Okay. okay. So like, um, and are you always adding the functions? I think you're always adding the functions. Okay. So like, in the bottom three functions are you, you're, you, you are given a repeating signal on each of them, and you're supposed to slide them around until they sum up to the target function. Mm. Okay. And slide what around? Slide the 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 phase of each signal. That there is like uh, a recurring. So they're always being added together. You're just trying to position them such that their yes. addition creates the target. Did okay. you yeah. Did well, you play the room three? No, I did not. Is because I'm wondering if it if there is a recurring thing in that that sounded like what you're describing. That's interesting. No, I feel like I. Well, I never finished the room one. No, I feel like I need. Oh, to play you should the room play one all of two. them. They're great. Yeah, you they're, should play all really of them. Yeah. They're very good. good. Uh, They'd be better on a PC. Hmm. Mm. Are they on PC? I don't think so. I think they're just mobile. Yeah. The does the do the functions have uh, an axis where they go negative? So you're sometimes yeah summing a, a negative and a positive. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, that makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, it does. I feel like these are supposed to be audio signals. So maybe that's just because you're interested in audio. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But also like. When, a lot, when I think about audio, I think a, a lot of the time I think about it in terms of like summing together functions to get uh, a, a completed function. Um, oh, no, the room and the room two are both on Steam. Oh, cool. But not the room three, which is the one that we're talking about. Yeah, but you should play the first two. Okay. Uh, and it asked me um, after I'd done like a dozen of these, it asked me how much I thought the game was worth. Okay. And then there was like a multiple choice thing. This is a lot like uh the assignment for next uh for next week <laughs> where like you it's um you're you're choosing how much to pay. I see. And I had no idea what to say because like I was still trying to figure out like I'm not like if this game goes somewhere interesting or if it gets hard in an interesting way, then it's worth a lot more to me than if it's just more of the same puzzles I'd already been doing. So I, I I didn't answer the question. I just uninstalled it. 
Um, and I played uh, Tomb of the Mask. Oh, yeah. Do you know about this one? Yeah. This is a, a phone game. It's sort of a platformer where you um, effectively swipe to change gravity. Um, yeah, it's like it's like that moving on ice, except it's in real time, and there's a sort of a wave of the end of the level coming after you. Yeah. And so it's about navigating spaces as efficiently as possible without ever having to go backwards into the, like, yawning mauve the abyss right and i this is a game that like i i liked when i thought of it as a puzzle game but i stopped liking it when i thought of it as an action game because um it, the if it really requires like extreme efficiency of motion and um what you're fighting against at that point is like the uh is being too sloppy so that it misinterprets a swipe as a swipe in a different direction right which is never fun to me. Um, I did, it did end up getting, you know, pretty far in it, but like it just, it got to the point where like this is the, at this point, like this, this type of gameplay on a phone is not something that interests me, but I did enjoy it for a few hours. It's, uh, it's, it's free to start at least. And I played a game called Refunct, which I was talking about on Twitter. Um, it is a, um, a first person platformer like a kind of a parkour minimalist parkour thing in a world of, of uh, rectangular prisms um, that has like, that is like really compelling except despite having basically no art or level design, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Um, is it procedurally generated spaces or it, it, it's not actually procedurally generated. It is like, it is, it is, uh, it is, it is designed. But it feels procedural. It feels like, um, like this was kind of just slapped together and the, the, all the fun comes from the, uh, the way you move and the mechanics. Uh, I was really impressed. I was, um, it's, it's like $3 on Steam and it's half an hour long. So not much of a time investment. And it just was like a really delightful, like, uh, half hour of like moving through these spaces and figuring out how the game works. So that's something I, I recommend people check out. I played a bunch more uh, Dragon Quest Builders. I'm oh yeah, I played some of that too. Oh yeah, you go on. I am almost at the end of it. Um, but I thought you said you would like that almost at the end last week too. So has it just kept on going? No, I just haven't. I didn't take my Vita with me on the mm -hmm. trip, so I just hadn't played it until like last night. I um, I, I'm definitely at the boss fight now. I try, <laughs> I thought that it would be funny. So it, the premise of this, it, it, like it, it's kind of hints at this all along and slowly reveals it. And I guess it's a, it's a slight story spoiler to a game where the story doesn't matter at all to say that the way that the way that dragon warrior one ends is that you get to the final boss and he's like, Hey, uh, we can fight or we can rule together and you get half the world. And if you say, okay, yes, I'll take that deal, then the game just ends. And the premise of Dragon Quest Builder is that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And the like benighted world that you're trying to spruce up is the half of the world that was granted to the asshole protagonist wow. of that game. But then when, when you get to the boss, he asks you the same question in this one. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll take the deal. And it just, it sucks. It just ends and you've wasted the first phase of the boss fight. 
sentence. <laughs> like, it doesn't... Like, like, if I remember right, in Dragon Warrior, what happens is that you say yes, and then the screen immediately just goes black. And you it is no longer interactive, and you have to reset the machine to do anything else. This one was not quite like that. The screen does immediately go black, but then you see the, like, opening second or so of the game again but then the narrator is like you dummy and then it goes back to the, and then it goes back to the title screen okay so i don't know if the implication is that like all right so now that you just have to start over like it'd be cool if it just deletes your save like i was prepared for that yeah uh, but yeah so i have to go back and do the first part of the fucking boss fight again the the first part's pretty easy though <laughs> it is the set pieces in this game are a little bit dissatisfying insofar as it just decides that certain blocks are indestructible oh. at certain plot important times. Mm -hmm. And so like, cause otherwise like you, you start to be able to build these cannons that just you set up in the world and then you can fire them periodically and they just do a ton of damage. So they trivialize boss fights. If you have a place to put the cannon, often it will like, the way I'll do a finale on a given island is just kind of fire the cannons back towards my base. And so it just <laughs> destroys everything in the process of destroying the, the bosses. But uh, like sometimes in boss fight arenas, doing that will result in like digging a big hole that the boss falls into and you just keep unloading the cannon into it. And then sometimes like, well, no, this peels away the first layer of floorboards, but then there's just invincible floorboards underneath them. And, and, and they don't like look any, they don't look like. No, uh, they're exactly the same as other blocks they're that's just a bummer that's yep. that's that's something that's always bugged me is when like uh through no um justified means the like a boss is Im immune to a certain ability yeah i mean i my take on it is like well look if i want to make this fight weird or not fun you should let me i get like maybe you don't want me to put the game into an unwinnable state by like digging the floor out from under the boss to the point where you can't get to him anymore or whatever. Right. But, um, and one screwed up thing where I got one boss knocked out into like deep water that nothing had any ability to move around it. Like the, it was just got stuck in an idle animation and I had to find a place near the shore that I could set up the cannon and shoot at it. <laughs> uh, and I was like, man, if, I hope that that doesn't drop something that I need to pick up. Or if it does, I hope that there's some safety net for a thing falling into the ocean, like a plot important item drop falling into the ocean. Yeah, because it's got like Vice City water, <laughs> right? For the whole game, is that like instant death? Yeah, and it's and you can't build over deep water. It's like an unseen force repels you, but they just because I think that everything is still in the same. When I got that in the demo. I assumed that was like, oh, you just can't build over there in the demo, but yeah. apparently it's yeah part of the game. It, and I think that I think that the in a given chapter, I think that all of the islands that you can teleport between are all technically on the same map. So, like, you could see them if the draw distance was high enough, yeah. and you could build a bridge out to them if if it would let you. You and definitely I think they just don't can do that. see the, the second island from the first one in the first chapter. Hmm. I guess they probably, the graphics are probably better on the PS4 version of this than uh, the Vita. Yeah, that hmm. might be. <clears throat> anyway, it's real good. Um, and I've been continuing at work to play through uh, that Limelight game, just that really minimalist sort of maze puzzle game <clears throat> that was in the steam top seller list still does not have a metacritic score they're like begging people in the updates to submit user reviews 
so that it will exist on Metacritic. It's like just that sort I of weird user reviews didn't matter on Metacritic. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. They show up. But at least maybe it's something that you can point to and say, hey, review this. I see. Outlet. Metacritic being important seems like a thing that's not going to last very much longer. It does that does the Metacritic score still show up in the Steam interface? Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, Limelight's good. And it's like seems like they're in this frustrating position where it's like they're selling but nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Or they sold for a minute, but nobody's talking about it. Yep. Um I also uh I played I forget who it was. It might have been Justin Bortnick, uh, who told me in the Slack. It was somebody in the video games Dog Slack was like, hey, there's some new White Wolf games. Uh, they released two phone games, one in the Vampire the Masquerade fiction and one in the Mage the Ascension fiction called Vampire colon Prelude and Mage colon Refuge. And they were they're more or less twine games. Um, the mage one is a very straightforward, like branching narrative with a whole bunch of endings, but it is just, this is a story about you. You are a particular character. Like you are this woman. This is what your life is. Like, this is what the story is. And you like, you're in Sweden working at a, working at a Syrian refugee, like aid center, like soup kitchen kind of thing. Um, and you, you know, discover that you, have magic and then you suddenly become like a pawn of rival factions and i'm sure that the choices that i made were me aligning with some faction that exists in the fiction of that universe and choosing which one of them got to take over sweden and what was going to happen to all the syrian refugees i guess but not knowing anything about it i was just like uh okay i'm just going to do what seems like it'd be the coolest at any given point or like what i would do given a given an ethical ethical dilemma uh the the vampire one is way more linear but way more interesting to me narratively because it is entirely takes place in a like a fake text message UI. Hmm. So the entire the entire story is told by you receiving text messages from different people and sending text messages to different people. You occasionally make a, a one or two choice you know, a one or two option choice. And often what will happen is if it's in an action scene, one of those choices will just lead to you dying. And then you, it just restarts you at the, at the point where you made the choice. Or in some cases, like minutes before you made the choice. So there's like this whole ending sequence that is a really complicated little choose your own adventure fight. And at any point where you fuck up, it just starts over. And so I like, Whoa. it's just minutes and Gross. minutes and minutes to get back to it. And there's no way to speed it up. So that kind of sucked. That was a sort of a shitty because it's I think that there are it's basically a situation where narratively you're trying to keep a conversation going with somebody long enough to like keep them distracted but not make them so mad that they kill you. Okay. And so I think that there's just a score that it's keeping so it doesn't know when your when you pass the failure threshold. state was necessarily it could but yeah yeah anyway um i was stuck in that for a long time i eventually had to find a walkthrough and then in finding the walkthrough the only place that i could find on the internet where anybody was talking about this game like to the point it you know as like tremendously popular as it seems like dragon quest builders is like given the number of outlets i've heard talking about it and i mean it's like a dragon quest game right so like i imagine that Hundreds of thousands of people bought 
this game, right? Because that's a huge market for that. It is like a giant pain in the ass to find out any fucking information about it on the internet because the internet is just really bad at that stuff now. Did like you try YouTube. Anyway, I guess that's I guess that's what you got to do. The only conversation that I could find about this vampire game was in the White Wolf RPG subreddit where there was a single thread announcing the game and 99% of the comments in the thread were like people being pissed off that White Wolf and I don't even think it was White Wolf. I think it was whoever made the whoever has the license to make video games out of this, but, but I maybe it was White Wolf. Pissed off at them for hiring Zach Smith, who's the guy that does that like D&D with porn stars thing for the escapist. Like there's a bunch of people say, oh, I'm never doing business with you again because you hired this guy who is like a serial online harasser. A lot of deleted comments describing things that he had done, followed by replies from him saying this is all fake. And then there was a statement on the White Wolf website that was like, we're aware of the allegations against this guy. We investigated them, determined them not to be true. So enjoy the game. We're happy that he did such a good job of writing it for us. And like suddenly because I looked up how to get through this fucking boss fight that was really frustrating. Now it's like, okay, well, am I a bad person because I bought this? A lot of people think so. (laughs) It's always like, like it's always nice to like suddenly have to worry about oh shit now I have to like do a bunch of research to make that a you decision. can't necessarily trust yeah exactly yeah I mean I looking at it like I you know so like if somebody says this person was an asshole online usually it's true yeah right well, and yep. I mean that just from from a probability standpoint from and from what I can see of this guy like he's definitely like a like a abrasive person. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like one of those what, dudes. What right? I, I mean, what I specifically heard about the situation was that there's a trans vampire character in it, like an evil blood sucking trans person who has has the same name as a real life trans person who has been like the subject of massive harassment campaigns from this guy. That seems pretty easily fact checkable. Yeah, I, I did not bother to do that fact checking, so I don't yeah, know. Right. I, you know, so that, right, that, like, after I had already gotten through that part of the story, like, that person, that character in the story was not, I mean, like, it's a, it's a fiction where everybody's a murderer, right? And, like, there's not, that character was not specifically any more repugnant than any other character so i you know who knows like yeah whatever uh it something that i thought was interesting almost in almost no case were eh, maybe that's not true it it did a a thing that i think is interesting there is you have like a, a sort of like a best friend character that you're doing like the one character that you sort of know you can trust the entire time has a has a gender ambiguous name and i don't think it ever tells you the player character's gender either Hmm. and it's it reminded me of some of the uh those endless quests like the the tsr dungeons and dragons branded choose your own adventure books as a kid would often have a kind of androgynous player character with a name that could be either a boy's name or a girl's name and i remember like even thinking as a kid like oh that's cool like that just means that you just decide like if you're you know and i mean as a kid i was like well if you're a boy it's a boy and if you're a girl it's a girl because it like never occurred to me that you'd want to 
you know, role play that episode. you'd care yeah. about a story that happened to somebody that was, but yep. it, the, it, one thing that makes it harder for me to, to like think, oh yeah, well I shouldn't, I shouldn't like buy things that this guy writes because this guy is some sort of like homophobic or transphobic monster is like playing it. I was like, yeah, this is, a, this is like an extremely deliberately like intersectional storytelling thing like yeah. he made a lot of choices like he made he like very very much made this about every kind of person at once as opposed to like using anything about gender identity or gender as like a character shortcut right you know and and it's like so the, fuck who, who the fuck knows Like I was, I was enjoying this game and then it was just, it was aggravating to me that it's like, all right, well, apparently there's so much like identity politics drama surrounding this that it completely dominates the conversation about it as a work, which, you know, this might be one of those things where the way that I feel about this has become wrong over the 15 years since I first started saying it on podcasts, but like, <laughs> I still think it's okay to buy Orson Scott card books, even though he's an asshole. Cause his books are good. <laughs> and like, I, because to me, it doesn't really matter whether this guy is a bad guy or not. I sort of just wanted to be able to find conversation about the game that wasn't about the guy and, you know, people got the right to talk about whatever they want to talk about, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Would you buy Would you buy a game by Donald Trump? <laughs> I would pirate a game, but if it was really good. I mean, when I was a kid, we had a copy of his board game. It, it was crappy. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's... He probably didn't make that himself, though. <laughs> I, bought a ch- I bought a chair by, by Donald Trump yeah. back in the day. There are some The Apprentice video games... That are probably terrible, but like if they were amazing, then I wanted to play them. You would just steal them, yeah. Well, this is on iOS, so you can't steal it. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, it's a f- fucking fun game. It was, I mean, they, the vampire one is probably three hours long if you read fast. The mage one was half an hour long, but oh, I think wow. has a lot more branching, has a lot more different endings, and like you can play through it differently. Um, like, it seems like there's a question early on in the mage one that sort of determines your character class. And I don't know. I don't know how different mine was from the others, but the story really becomes about the particular powers that you. Okay. That you choose and like how to like, oh, man, I got to make so much soup and there's only like an hour to make all this soup. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. And then you have three different like rationales for saying why that's okay. It's like. I can always get people to help me. No one likes soup anyway. I find that I'm really fast when I need to be. And then so like I picked that one and it was like, okay, well, you did some weird time travel shit and you made a, you know, you did four hours worth of soup cooking in an hour and everybody's like really tired and confused. But hey, here's all the soup. Feed all the refugees. And, you know, so then I like the rest of the story is about me, like changing the clock on my phone to travel through time. Uh Uh, And that's like the major plot 
like that's a major plot element later in the in the sort of relationship that you have with these other two characters that are one of the sort of warring factions. And I wonder if you choose the one that's like, you know, I, I get, can always get people to help me if you get like mental domination powers or whatever. Right. And, yeah, and that, I, I always thought it's interesting when a, a choice in a, a branching um, narrative actually is affecting the past. Yeah. It, like just a, you mean like retcon? Effectively, sort of? yeah. Like something that wasn't specified in the story up to that point, you are specifying it now retroactively with this choice. Like for example, in um in in Frog Fractions, there is a uh, a moment where you are asked a bunch of questions about the history of Bug Mars, and because I wanted it to be fun and not tedious, I just whatever whatever answer the player chose was the correct answer. Right, and this actually doesn't feed into gameplay at all later. But if effectively you are deciding what the history of Bug Mars was at that point as the player, <laughs> yeah, like at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of Earthbound, when you tell it what your favorite food is, you're deciding <laughs> what they what they serve at all those restaurants, right? Yeah. Or that, whatever happens with that. Yeah. That fits within the mage framework as well. Just sort of the whole notion of magic and Mage Ascension is like if you can, if you exert your will over the world enough, it changes to your will. Yeah, it's like consensus reality. Yeah, right? like if you can convince enough people that you just shot a fireball across the room, you did. Right, like right. kind of thing. Yeah. So it it's it's neat to see like those two games with simultaneous releases with very different approaches to storytelling in interactive fiction that that. It seems like there is some systemic stuff going on in the mage one because certain choices would cause like a rune to appear behind the text, like as a just a little like effect. And it's like, okay, that was like clearly something that would maybe mean something if I knew more about mage the ascension the the vampire one is very linear there's really only one way apparently there's two distinct storylines that you can kind of fork off of in the beginning uh and they everybody was like everybody was pretty agreed that the new york one was really bad and the seattle one was really good and i did the new york one and it seemed fine um but then later it's like this choice you'll die this choice you'll continue and that's pretty much it but you can so it seems like there's some there's a little bit especially earlier on there's a little bit of gameplay gameplay things like when you're you you're sort of like somebody who's become a vampire it's kind of like uh bloodlines in that you're someone who was sort of illicitly made into a vampire and nobody explained to you how anything works and you're just texting your other friend who this also happened to and it was like ah oh, what the fuck why is the sun hurt i'm hungry but i don't want nachos um and you like choose between two people to eat to to like prey upon in the first time that you do it and then that seems to determine what the right answer is for various questions later like your abilities are kind of determined by whether you fed on the guy with a bunch of meth in his system or mm. the one that I did not, uh, the one that I did not kill. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very, uh, it's very politically left leaning. They both, they both like really are like the, the mage one is like, yeah, check it out. Syrian refugees. Yeah. Like uh, Sweden is letting in all these refugees because they're the good guys. You fucking pricks. Right. And the, the vampire one is a lot more like, uh, you can, you just have, it's like tricking a cab driver into saying something super conservative so that you can justify killing him. <laughs> kind of, 
kind of things. Like, like getting people to admit that they voted for Trump is like justification for murdering them, <laughs> which little, little wow. ham handed, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I, it's cool that I was able to buy some white wolf video games on the phone. Yeah. And I hope that there are more of them. And also I hope that somebody makes bloodlines too. And that they get Milo Yiannopoulos to write it. <laughs> it's going to be woke Milo in two months. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Now he's, now he's oh, left-leaning. Yeah. Yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos and PewDiePie present <laughs> Woke Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Man. Amelia pointed out, uh, suddenly having PewDiePie brought to her attention, she pointed out something that I have always known, which is that PewDiePie is an extremely unpleasant name to see in writing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way he says it is pretty unpleasant, too. I don't know. I've never I've never watched. It, it rhymes with cutie pie. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. And he has a little squeak to it. Anyway, it's uh, I think that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's a shitty name, but that because it just looks like PewDiePie. pie. Uh huh. But what are you going to do? P-U-T-I-E-P-I-E? That makes it seem like it's like a fart pie. <laughs> a fart tart. That, that would be a better name than PewDiePie. An asty pasty? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. What is a uh, samosa? A mm, mm, no. bear claw? That's not. A butt claw. Okay. A bear ass claw. <laughs> But a bear claw is not really like a like a pie, no, not like a meat pie. Okay, all right. Yeah. What about like a, a filled pastry with custard? A crotch egg. <laughs> That's not really like a meat pie either. Anyway, uh, you guys want to talk about the assignment magic wand by Stephen the Catamites? Yeah, might as well. Sure. Jones. This game felt very. F- so I played it. I I played it for a while, and I saw a bunch of stuff. But it felt very flat in that, like, I always felt like I was doing the same thing and the game was always doing this. So, so this is a game where you are walking around, a, like, a boxy environment like mm. Minecraft. Yeah, basically um, just talking to people and You're talking to people the and then there's, a, like, a light combat the, system. Yeah. Sometimes um, a thing rushes at you. And what the people it's say is... It's but, mine, like, it, it's not deformable like Minecraft, which I right. think is a major difference. Yes, agreed. No, it's just kind of aesthetically like Minecraft. And the voxels are character one, height. one unit tall, which yeah. is also a difference. Yeah. You can jump onto one of them. Yeah. And so sort like of. it's it's aesthetically interesting, although I didn't actually like it. Um I, I think it's probably deliberately meant to be sort of headache inducing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like and the fact that it's isometric uh projection is probably um part of that. Except it's not. You, you, I, you move so the, the camera around. The problem that I had was that I got stuck on the first sort of overworld map thing because I didn't know that you could rotate the camera. Yeah. And so well, it's, it's, I couldn't find most of the exits it's still, to rooms. It's still isometric in that like there there's a – in that there's no um, receding into the distance. Mm. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um that's not what I isometric means. There is a thirty degree angle. Okay. In that, <laughs> my, my bad. But it's what like, yeah. What do people mean? Like, because you can position it almost directly overhead and note, and you you see how you're actually just a billboarded sprite. Yeah. 
How does that even work? How do they let you move the camera around in 3D space if it if the Well, it's just a matter of setting the um I mean the setting the the projection type. Um hmm. you, you can either do the math yourself or you can tell like OpenGL to just yeah, use use um projection where it doesn't recede into the distance. So there's no division by Z basically. What what do you mean by recede into the distance? I guess I mean like um, voxels that are far away from the camera are not smaller on screen than voxels that are close to the camera. There's okay. a word for this that I can't remember, but like things that are further away are smaller in real life. Right. So like effectively it's um uh a a a shot with a camera that is um just very tight and the subject is very far away. Okay. And so um in which case in real life if you do that then like there is is receding into the distance is just subtle enough that usually you don't notice it with the with the framing um but in in on a, if you're projecting onto a computer screen you can actually literally just have have no um uh god what is the fucking word for objects getting smaller listeners write in in the next 3 seconds so i don't sound like an idiot it's not foreshortening I, i'm waiting for my uh, phone to beep <laughs> for isn't it is it not foreshortening i don't well not exactly I, I don't I don't know I, I'm thinking of it in context of like my old illustration classes so leave that Crisco alone it's not for shortening <laughs> it's for sex <laughs> okay the old canister of whack and grease um so you, so you walk around these environments and sometimes there's platforming like once I climbed on top of an arch and it was kind of tricky to not fall mm-hmm. and the, there was a guy up there who said like he was uh he was like a a lord above the world or something like that this game did not charm me even a little bit with its writing me either like (laughs) i I also played uh there was some really there there are some funny characters there's the the one i really liked is there's a uh a wizard tower that if you climb up to the top of it there's a wizard there and and he says the stars say the world has already ended Uh, i'm verifying it I thought that is, that was the, does, is that the one that also had the cat in the tower? Oh, I didn't. I don't remember. The it, boss fights were kind of interesting. Yeah, the, I guess there's boss fights. I I didn't know you could rotate the camera, so I was stuck in like I just went around and get to the overworld? talked to everyone that I saw. Overworld. Yeah, I got to the first overworld thing, but then the whatever place you're supposed to go to move on to the second one, I just didn't know there was a door because okay. it was behind something. Right. And so I was like, well, I guess I've been everywhere and done everything that isn't so impenetrable that I'm not going to figure it out in a half an hour. It's a weird structure where it's like a a main trunk and then a bunch of very short branches at like two or three nodes. And then one of those branches turns out to be where you go to get to the next bit. Is yeah. that what happened? Because I, I, I didn't. That's how it felt the, to me. Did you get to the train? I yeah, guess I did. Yeah. Then did you get to the airship? Yeah. Um, I don't remember if I got to the airship. Okay. But like, like, those are the two, those I, are the two sort of. I like, felt like I, I, I hit a few places that seemed like there were a bunch of branches and I just picked one at random and it just kept going. And then I got to another, like I, I got past the train and I got to another thing that looked like it had a bunch of branches. And I was just like, this, this game is enormous, but there's no. Big. There doesn't feel like there's any progression to it. There, I mean, you're actually you you find a wand, and then you there is an ending when you return to the hotel that okay. you started in. Yeah, but it's weird. I like about 
two thirds of the way through, I just stopped interacting with the characters because they oh. like yeah they never was, really the, have it. I mean, they don't do yeah, anything important. Like I, that's if, the if that's the good part of. If that's the good part of the game, then like that's I get it. Then except I don't get it. Mm. Like um, it, it was such it was such nonsense ninety percent of the time that I just like I couldn't well, get I, into I, it. I totally could see like a certain kind of person thinking it was hilarious. I mean, oh, to the gre- oh, to the greasy urn or whatever. Did you I would that? read all of them. Like I would just read a text dump of this game, and there would be some funny things in there, and I wouldn't feel like I had ra- wasted the like fifteen minutes that it took. But man, am I not fucking walking between all these people to see these lines of text? Right. Like you walk a lot faster if your sword isn't drawn. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of a frustrating. Oh, I didn't figure that out. That's. I didn't know why my I was walking faster sometimes. Yeah. Did you guys play uh, Space Funeral? I played a little bit of that, and my reaction was pretty much the same. Yeah. Just, just I played Space something Funeral that I was... thought was Space Funeral, but that was not it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Space Funeral is like I don't know. It's it's uh, I don't know. I guess if like if this is Final Fantasy VII, then Space Funeral is Final Fantasy II. Except it's super morose, where this one is super cheerful. Mm-hmm. Well, and also this one has real time combat. Yeah, that's where that's where my metaphor falls down. But it just doesn't matter. Like, you're, it doesn't matter if your hit points go down to zero. Yeah, my, just keep I had like negative. a negative a thousand hit points at the oh, end wow. of the game. Yeah, I, I was I was drinking sodas to keep it up. Yeah, there's F, when you go into capsule? negatives, like little angels appear that you can kill to gain <laughs> hit points back. <laughs> Yeah, and they make a really annoying sound when they're following you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's, the world just gets more and more bizarre as you get deeper and deeper into the game. It's, there are sections where the game becomes more or less vertical, Hmm. and it's really hard to interact with because... It's like you have to like keep rotating the camera around so you can sort of see where you are and then jump and then you have to rotate the camera around like, to like a different for, angle. For and what stuff. it's worth, the most interesting parts of the game for me were the parts where I was trying to get to a high place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like there's there's it, it plays with that a lot. There's the second boss fight has a couple of really actually uses the like what the level the way the level is designed to a really interesting effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Like that's that was the sort of most interesting bit for me was that was that sort of interaction there. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, and that's basically the climax of the game. It's this like complicated interaction there. It was it was a nice short experience. I liked I liked sort of the fact that it concluded. I like that too when a game does that. I liked when it was over. <laughs> um. Because I could imagine you just like making this thing go on forever or procedurally generated or whatever. You yeah, know? that wouldn't be that wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, no, I don't don't regret trying it, but I did didn't work for me at all. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it, Riff. Yep. Uh, all right, so for next week we're gonna play Oikospiel, the dog opera by the Proteus people. I never played Proteus. Did I you guess one of the Proteus people? Oh well, the Proteus person. Yeah, Proteus is. Prometheus Proteus. Prome- Pr- Proteus to me was a lot as pretty much as aimless as this, except there was no dialogue. As this, but uh, as as uh, magic wand. There's a progression 
that happens in pro Proteus. Progression. Right, and I bet there's a progression that happens in Magic Wand too. I just wasn't able to perceive it. Hmm. I mean, you're on a quest in Magic Wand to find the Magic Wand. I only know that because I, f I figured at some point, there, because of the title of the game, there's probably a, a Magic really Wand Chekhov's, somewhere. There's a real Chekhov's title. Right. Whereas Proteus, I didn't even have that because I don't know what Proteus means. Fair enough. It's like a thing that gets paid to TS. It's it's It sounds like Proteus, but there weren't any ships that were shooting women like with birds. big boobs. Wait, is there a bird that shoots big-boobed women in, as bullets in, or... No, you shoot the women. Oh, you shoot. Okay, like in this, in the way a gun shoots bullets, or in no, the way a gun, the gun shoots, shoots women, Nazis. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like uh, there, there are a number of uh, kinds of bosses in Parodius, but a lot of them are just like big-chested women. I don't think I ever played. I don't think I ever finished like the first level of Parodius. Yeah, it's, I mean, cool. it's not very good. There's not nudity in it, though, is there? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because if not... there is, you're gonna go back check it out. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I might have think. I may be thinking of sexy Parodius. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense to me because I was sitting here thinking, wasn't Parodius all like weird looking penguins and shit? Yeah, I think <laughs> like, I think of it as a thing where penguins pixel graphics way different yeah, than no, me. The... You you really were asking me a lot of yeah, questions you know, like about those, penguins. And like those <laughs> big-titted women on Easter Island that you always see the pictures of. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes, those... they, sometimes they take out the nipples and put them on, and it looks really creepy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Oikospiel. Oikospiel. Jim, I, you've I, played a bunch of this and said it's good. I liked it a lot. I played it for IGF. And I, well, so if we hate it, you can tell us why we're wrong. Uh, probably not. I, I probably will. Like, I could totally see people hating this game. But uh, I liked it a lot. Zach, you're probably going to hate it. Why? <laughs> it's just because you hate everything. I do not. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's just my sense of who you are I hate as a it person. When you, I hate it when you say that. Okay. Um, guys, this is, I've had a I, boy, oh, boy, especially these last few seconds. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, no, I'm so fly. I'm so overcome with hatred of everything that I can't even concentrate enough to, to, to tell us who this episode of video games hot dog was brought to us by our generous Patreon backers like you and chef boy, oh boy, Taft <laughs> Cleveland uh, cinnamon whiskey. Grapefruit it sounds taffy. like a porn star name. <laughs> Apple juice. Porn star name. Naughty Pine. <laughs> Monty Pinethon. <laughs> uh, Bodlerized Pine. <laughs> Floorboards. <laughs> yes. Four floors. <laughs> Okay. Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 277 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until then, cockaboo boo balaya. Hey, good night, everybody. It's a good, it's a, it's an oldie but a goodie. Have a great week, everybody. Hey.